Have you ever dreamed of owning property somewhere sunny and beautiful all year round? A place where nature thrives and sunny beaches dominate the shores. A place that's just more pura vida. If so, you've come to the right place. We put the show together to help you break through the barriers of owning and investing Costa Rican real estate. We are here to provide the knowledge and tools to make it happen. This is the Breakthrough to Costa Rica podcast with your hosts, Rob Brake and Natasha Coltrero. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Breakthrough to Costa Rica podcast. We put this show together to help investors like you break through the barriers of owning and investing property in Costa Rica. This is our very first of hopefully many informative podcasts to come. My name is Rob Brake. I am a Canadian real estate investor and agent from the Toronto area originally. In June 2021, my family sold our principal residence and moved with our two young boys to Costa Rica. We have been investing here and helping others invest here ever since then. My wife and I started investing in real estate in Canada in 2007. We've done student rentals, converted a bunch of single-family homes into legal two-unit houses. We bought a triplex and also helped countless other investors get started in real estate investing. I still run a small team at Keller Williams Energy in Ontario, and I am now a sales rep at Crane Luxury Real Estate here on the Gold Coast in Costa Rica. That's a little bit about me, and I am here with my lovely co-host, Natasha Cotrero. Welcome, Natasha. This is going to be fun. Tell us a little bit about yourself. I can't wait. My name is Natasha Coltrero. I'm a Canadian real estate investor and the owner of a property management company in Oshawa, Ontario, called Investors Choice Property Management. After a year of research and planning, my family made the big move to Costa Rica in October 2020. We spent the first year moving around to find the right location for us, and we picked up a couple of properties along the way. Since 2006, my husband and I have been investing in duplexes, single-family homes, and rent-to-owns in Ontario. We used creative financing techniques and JV partners to fund our investments. Now I manage my Ontario businesses remotely and I own a consulting business for Canadians who want to invest in Costa Rica. That is awesome. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that, Natasha. I think this is going to be really informative for everybody listening who wants to jump into market in a, um, in a foreign country. So uh, that being said, let's talk a little bit about why we decided to do this show. So for myself, I really enjoyed uh, helping people find the right investment opportunities in Canada. And I've discovered that that's a lot more fun here, actually, whether I'm helping someone find their dream home or perfect Airbnb, this is an absolutely beautiful place to be doing that. And I wanted to share all the ins and outs of what we've learned about investing here uh, to help others do the same, hopefully without all the pitfalls that we managed to get through. We'll also be learning from amazing, knowledgeable guests like Sarah Brightlander, who we just finished interviewing. And I think that this show will be an incredibly helpful tool to people who've always wanted to invest or purchase property in a beautiful tropical location uh, to finally take some action and break through to that ownership here in Costa Rica. 
Natasha, what was your drive to do the show? Since I moved here, Rob, I found so much beauty and happiness in Costa Rica, and it's really made me want to give back. I want to share everything I've learned and experienced in order to help others live the fun and relaxed lifestyle that I get to live here, whether it's part-time on a vacation for a vacation a couple of weeks a year, or it's a full-time basis, and they're actually relocating from Canada to Costa Rica. Hmm. Let's talk a little bit about your journey, Natasha. I know you've had a, an interesting one trying to find your place here in Costa Rica. So tell us a little bit about that. Sure. My family, like I said, uh, has arrived in Costa Rica in October 2020, mm -hmm. and we done we did a little bit of research, so we knew some of the areas we didn't want to be in, and we've pinpointed a couple areas that we wanted to test out. When we first landed, we stayed in San Jose, the capital of the country, for about six weeks just to get our bearings. We met our immigration lawyer. We bought a car. We got used to we got used to it. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, but it was never really an option of a place to live because it wasn't on the beach and we wanted to be on the coast. When we left San Jose, our first stop was in Ojochal, which is on the Southern Pacific coast. Mm -hmm. While we were there, we experienced a couple of the nearby towns like Uvita and Dominical. It was a beautiful place, uh, very far from the airports, which means it's less developed and there was more wildlife. After that, we moved up to Guanacaste and we stayed in Samara for a few months. While we were in Samara, we also explored Nosara. And the, the temperature is very different. The humidity is very different. The, the whole landscape is very different than what we were used to in Ojochal. And after Samara, we moved up to the Flamingo area uh, where we decided to settle. Uh, so now we're living in Flamingo, but we are um, building our future home in Brazilito, which is only about five minutes away from here. And this is the this is what I like to call the GTA of Costa Rica. This is the greater Tamarindo area and the locals call it the beaches. And this is where we've got all of the beautiful beaches and really the conveniences, the uh, private schools that are internationally accredited. And uh, the community is why we decided we were going to stay here. But you did buy a property in Uvita. Um, we sort of skipped over that little part. So tell us, like, what made you decide to do that? You know, when the, when the opportunity came up, it was actually some, some um, it was a friend of my daughter's. And my daughter, we put her in this camp so that she wasn't home all day. It was COVID times. Things were shut down. And so there was this one camp that was open. She made this friend. We got together. We became friends with the, with the parents. And the parents are actually builders. They bought a property on a piece of land in Uvita, and they built two additional rental villas on the property. And it was for sale. And my husband and I, we didn't plan to buy this property because our uh, the, the money that we had uh, come to Costa Rica with was meant to be for our home. But mm -hmm. the opportunity was just so great that we could not pass it up. And so now we own this beautiful little new three villa complex with two pools walking distance from the beach in the heart of Uvita. And it is a wonderful vacation getaway for us. And it is a wonderful cash flowing investment for us. That sounds very, very cool. Yeah, thanks for sharing that with us. Well, um, as I mentioned before, coming up, we've got our interview with Sarah Brightlander. She had a lot of interesting stuff to share, right? Oh my gosh, I learned so much from her. That was amazing. 
Yeah. So like we mentioned before, our focus is going to be guests who either can help through the process, like uh, people that work here in Costa Rica as real estate lawyers, immigration lawyers, that kind of thing, um, other professionals, but also we're going to be focusing on talking to just everyday people that have made that jump, have done that breakthrough, right? That mental or financial, whatever it was that they needed to do to get through to uh, property ownership here in Costa Rica. Um, we're going to be talking mainly to those type of people, I think. So it's going to be a lot of fun. And I'm looking forward to many, many more episodes uh, with you, Natasha. So thank you for being here with me. And uh, without further ado, I think let's get to our interview with Sarah Brightliner. I look forward to it. Okay, well, thanks for joining us today, everybody. We are here with Sarah Brightlander, is our very first guest on the show. So we'd like to welcome her. And Sarah, among other things, of course, is the owner operator of Crane Luxury Real Estate here in Costa Rica. And of course, the star of HGTV's House Hunters International. So welcome and thanks for joining us today. Thanks so much for having me, Rob. Yeah, great to be here. So we haven't hashed everything out yet, but I think the best way to start is just to tell us a little bit about yourself. Mm -hmm. Oh, I love to talk about myself. So mm. No, I'm kidding. Um, well, uh, we are from uh, the US, my husband and I. Um, I lived most of my adult life in Chicago, met Pete there. Pete and I are married. We're also business partners. He is actually the managing partner of Crane Luxury Real Estate. So we're from Chicago. Uh, Pete actually has the real estate back background. So he's been a managing broker of Crane uh, Chicago for 20 years. And then we kind of moved and transitioned to Costa Rica for Crane Costa Rica. So actually, this next week will be his 20-year anniversary as a managing broker. I actually am, was an attorney. I practiced commercial litigation in Chicago for a decade. Um, and at some point uh, in that professional venture, Pete kind of convinced me that we should take the leap of faith and join forces um, and transition from, from, from Crane Chicago brokerage to Costa Rica and open up Crane Costa Rica, um, implementing those values and those marketing um, uh ideas and and um, business practices we had in Chicago and kind of implementing those down here and that we would have had success with that. So that's what we did. We moved our family down here um, in 2013. Um, and the, the rest is history. We, we um, the, the brokerage is doing great. Uh, we realized very early on that our clients weren't able to get to yes in buying a property through our real estate uh, company unless we promised to manage their investment for them, right? Because down here, people aren't always living here full time like they would in Chicago. So out of necessity, we opened up um, Crane Property Management, mm -hmm. uh, Crane Costa Vacation Rentals, and we've had a lot of fun with it. We, we don't even advertise that part of our company, um, but we've grown organically to be one of the largest property management companies in the Guanacaste area. And we manage over 85 homes uh, in the area. And Crane Real Estate and Property Management has four offices located through Granacoste, which I believe is the, the largest independently owned brokerage, uh, the largest number of offices in the region. So very proud of that. So this is exactly why we wanted to talk to you. We wanted to pick your brain because I think you are the, the best person to talk to about um, anyone interested in coming here to buy property, right? Things they need to know and maybe obstacles they need to get around. 
we didn't talk about exactly when you came to CR and how you transitioned out of what you were doing and into your new, well, I guess, essentially, it's a new role, right? So how did that go? Yes. And we always, not just me, but everyone kind of refers it. this is our life now. And, and then your old life, your former life, right back in Canada or the United States. So that's, um, that's kind of how it's always phrased here for sure. No, I, um, I'm originally from Kentucky uh, in the United States. And so um, I uh, kind of had sought all my life to kind of uh, be an attorney, right? And um, was, was offered actually um, a scholarship to John Marshall Law School in Chicago. So that is how I moved from Kentucky to Chicago. Um, and I loved it. I loved it going to law school. I actually clerked for a federal judge. It was very rewarding. Also clerked for the Illinois Supreme Court Justice. Um, And all of that was kind of grooming because my ultimate goal was to be at a large law firm. For me, that was success, you know, to to be a high-powered attorney at a large law firm. That was what I was always, that was my goal. That's what I was going for. And so uh, after the clerkships, I was offered a job at a large law firm. I practiced for a decade in commercial litigation. So it um, was wonderful in many ways. And, and, and I don't say I regret any of that because I don't. And it also, all of that just helps you prepare yourself uh, professionally um, as, as a business owner, which I, and I now am. I consider myself a small business owner and, uh, and real estate broker. Um, but... The truth is, is that my hours were just completely unreasonable. I was working around the clock. Uh, commercial litigation is, is very stressful. So I was in the courtroom every day with my black suits. That's it's actually my joke now. If I can etch out a living here and not put on my black suits again, then I consider this a success. Um, a black suit wouldn't go over very well here. That would be just too damn hot. <laughs> You'd be the only person in Costa Rica wearing black. Unless you're in San Jose. Yeah. So, um, but no, I, you know, I... I was finding myself um, to have reached all these goals and I was just miserable, you know, Um, which is a hard thing to accept when you spend your life pursuing a goal and realizing that what you thought it would be was not in fact what it was. Um, And I actually credit Pete with the move. I mean, you know, it's very hard for people to get out of that mentality and to, to, jump off this cliff, so to speak, and come to Costa Rica. And I don't know if I could have done that myself. Um, but Pete is the, you know, he's the entrepreneur of, of the relationship for sure. He had his own business, uh, Crane Chicago. And he kept telling me that we could apply those skill sets um, in Chicago and, and move anywhere in the world. Um, and, and if we were, you know, devoted to our profession, that we could be successful. Um, and um, we love to travel. That was one of our big things. And we started to have a young family. Um, and so it just got to the point where I realized that my profession and the family weren't were going to mix. We just couldn't have time to do it all, you know, reevaluating what you're doing, right? Um, and so Pete had finally convinced me to, to make this move. And so then, then was where in the world? So, so many people come to Costa Rica, love it, and move to Costa Rica. That wasn't our story, actually. We we didn't we could be anywhere in Latin America, Central America, and the Caribbean. Um, and then once we kind of did the comparative analysis, once anyone does that comparative analysis, Costa Rica kind of blows all the other areas out of the water, actually. Um, 
And it was the same for us. So we decided to move here in 2013 and began our journey down here in Open Crane Costa Rica. Oh, so it's been almost 10 years. It has. It has. It's flown by. This year will be nine years. That's correct. Um, both of our girls were born here. They have dual citizenship. They're uh, Costa Rican and, and U.S. citizenship. Um, we're permanent residents and we're here all the time. I mean, when I say all the time, I think we've left for like three weeks at one time uh, in nine years. <laughs> so so uh, we love it here. Our kids are in school here and we've really integrated. Yeah. Natasha, I just want to say that, um, you know, I know we have the questions here in front of us, but Sarah is such a um, plethora of knowledge for us that if you have any questions that, you know, that, you know, just come to mind from what, what she's saying, feel free to, you know, jump in. I'm sure we'll catch her off guard a little bit, but she's good on her feet. So we shall see. Yeah. Sounds good. Sounds good. And it looks like you and Pete have this very unique perspective because you came from the U S as an attorney and a realtor. And now um, what I want to know is what are some of the biggest differences between buying buying real estate in North America versus buying real estate in Costa Rica? Yeah, that's a great question. And, and for the most part, let me say that the process is very similar to what mm -hmm. my Canadian clients and what my U.S. clients uh, expect in their home country, which is, which is one of the reasons my clients feel so comfortable buying real estate here. Um, you will have an escrow company, just like in the United States and Canada, that will hold escrow monies. Uh, you know, independent third party holds that. That's their, their, their company's job, right? Um, you will have a due diligence period uh, where you can do all your due diligence. You will want a home inspection. You will want, you know, if it's a single family home, you'll want to hire a surveyor to make sure the boundaries are true and correct. All of that process is very similar. Um, that said, there are two big differences, I would say, um, between buying real estate in the U.S. or Canada and in Costa Rica. The first is the biggest, and I have to break a lot of hearts with this one, and that is cash is king. I'm sure Rob's heard me say this before, um, but what I mean when I say cash is king is that there are no Costa Rica banks that are going to lend mortgages to non-Costa Rica citizens, okay? And of course, Canadian or US banks aren't going to lend a mortgage on a Costa Rica property. They don't know the market. They have no idea what the value is, so they're not interested in doing that. Um, so what that really means is you just have to secure your, be liquid for the amount, the cash amount of the purchase, or secure your financing in Canada. The vast majority of my clients, if they're not already liquid, a great resource is a home equity line of credit, right? On, on an existing property in the US or Canada. I love this mechanism because number one, interest rates so low, money's cheap, mm -hmm. right? Um, number two, you can do with that money whatever you want to because the collateral is in your Canadian or US property. And so many of my clients are using that money and buying second homes. In Costa Rica. The second uh, big difference, I would say, it, it's, it's, it's just different, but it's not a huge difference. And you don't have to, but most 99% of my clients don't personally own a Costa Rica home. They own 100% of a Costa Rica corporation that owns 100% of the title. That's just the way Costa Rica real estate is owned here, even by Costa Ricans. Um, like I said, you don't have to, but I like it for a couple of reasons. Number one, if you use it as a vacation rental, you have a slip and fall, some accident, you know, the most, the, the, the party that would be sued, although it's never happened, knock on wood in nine years that I've been here, but the, the, the 
entity that would be sued would be the corporation that owns the house. So no one could sue you personally and go after your kid's inheritance, right? Uh, as the lawyer in me likes that. Um, but number two, it's really, it's easier because you don't have to physically be here. If you own the home in your personal name, which you can, but that means if you change your internet speed, that means you have to be here, you know, and go into the utility companies, right? Um, or if you need to buy and sell or make changes in the ownership of your property, you need to physically be here. So some of my clients that are older, that are 80, 85, they live in Italy, you know, that's almost prohibitive for them to come and sell their property and, and be here physically. Um, but if you own it in a corporation, you would just execute a special and limited power of attorney to sign those documents on your behalf. Um, so it's easier. But the, really, those are just the two main differences. Um, and 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 my clients are really happy to see that the process is very similar, very comfortable. With that. Yeah, and I think too, a lot of our audience that were that are going to be listening to this do own a lot of their even their Canadian um, portfolio in corporations because we're talking to a lot of investors here for the most part, so they'll be familiar with that. Yes, <clears throat> yes, absolutely. A, a lot of vacation rentals are owned in that manner for sure. Mm -hmm. uh, so the next thing is what specifically for Canadians, do you think there's anything that they should know before coming to buy property here? Yes, I would say what I always tell my clients to consider that sometimes they don't. Um, and this does not apply to buying real estate in Costa Rica. It implies to buying Costa, or buying real estate anywhere in the world is that sometimes people miss this. You really need to consider your ease of access to that property because if you can't get here and utilize it, what good is it, right? I mean, most of the, most of people who buy homes here, of course, it could be a vacation rental. It can be a, an asset that generates income, but it's also a quality of life purchase, right? To share and enjoy with you, family, friends. So you want to consider anywhere in the world, can you get there easily? You know, um, I have clients who own in France and they can't right. get there and use it enough. Um, luckily, I think that's why there are so many Canadians here is because there is ease of access. COVID regulations notwithstanding, right? But, you well, know, even, even with that taken into consideration, it's been quite easy to come and go from here. Right, right. And so I think that's why. Uh, Costa Rica is so popular with Canadians. And I also think that's why the Guanacaste region in particular is um, popular with Canadians. And I always tell my clients, think about this, because if you're flying into the Liberia International Airport, which 99% of people do, because that's we have the beaches on the Pacific coast, right? If you fly into San Jose, that's a whole different environment. It's landlocked. It's not usually what people are thinking of when they think of Costa Rica. So you'd fly into Liberia International Airport. You know, Nosara is beautiful. It's great. Uh, so is so is down south, Uvita, Dominical. Those are amazing places to vacation. Uh, Manuel Antonio. But can you get, can you own a home there and get there? You know, do you want to fly into airport and then drive another four to eight hours on dirt roads or late at night when there are no you know road lights, right? Um, major street lights uh, to get to your property. So that's just something you should consider. I will say 95% of my clients go down as far south as about Nosara or Samara. And then they just think that the drive's a little too rough. Again, they'll vacation there, but they don't necessarily purchase a home there. So yeah, because my advice. Yeah. Yeah. Because the other thing too, is the amenities nearby, right? If you go that far south to Uvita or whatever, 
um, which I haven't been, but, you know, I, I just understand that the proximity to amenities is, uh, is definitely further apart than it is here, right? Like we can get to the price mart in 45 minutes, um, pretty much anything that we need in half an hour, 45 minutes. And healthcare, you know, consider that if you're living here for six months out of the year, this is not a week or two vacation. You want to be close to quality medical healthcare, which is again, why people love the Guanacaste region. Um, but I think that that would be a thing to consider. Um, also, I, you know, an important thing to, to know is that there's no real estate licensing law here in Costa Rica. Okay. So um, just meaning anyone can come down here and say they're a real estate agent. There's no regulatory body regulating anyone's websites, anyone's representations. Um, and we're trying to change that. We're trying to pass laws regulating agents down here. Um, but it's just something to, to be cautious about. You want to, you want to pick your agents wisely, uh, do research on them, myself included, you know, um, whoever you're using. And I will say that Crane, you know, one thing we've done as a company that I'm very proud of actually is that all our requirement, and it's not a requirement that the Costa Rica government places on us. It's, it's a standard we impose on ourselves is that we require all of our agents to be licensed either in the United States or Canada, wherever they're from. Uh, to have that background knowledge, right, um, of the real estate in, in industry in general and the professionalism that's needed. So um, that's something that all clients should consider when they're buying real estate here. Yeah, um, that's that's excellent to know because that gives us a lot of comfort as Canadians to know that we have some kind of licensing or regulation when we're working with realtors. Absolutely. Our buyers love it. And I have people tell me all the time that that's why they choose Crane. Uh, so, so that's, it, it ties our hands a little bit. You know, there are lots of people wanting to work for our company. Um, but like I said, it's just a regulation we impose on ourselves. And until there's really uh, Costa Rica's regulations, I think it's a good policy to have. I really do. Um, and then I guess the third thing you just want to consider is that if you are not living here full time, you'll need a property manager, right? Um, that's just something that you want to consider. Um, whether or not you rent it out, I, I do think a property manager is still necessary unless maybe you're in a condo and you're not renting it out and it's a lock it and leave it situation. But most, I mean, the vast majority of my clients are renting it out when they're not here or they have single family homes and you need someone to watch after your investment when you're not here. So you'll need a property manager and you need to make sure that property manager is SUHEF regulated. Um, SUHEF is a, a body in Costa Rica, gover government regulatory body that regulates people who hold other people's money because your property manager would be holding your money to, to use to pay the bills, you know, to uh, pay the gardener, whatever. Um, and we're holding other people's money. So if your property manager always asks if they're SUHEP registered and if they're not, you can't, you should not be using them because the banks are very watching that very closely and they will shut property managers, bank accounts down if they find out they're not SUHEP regulated because they're, they're not in compliance with the law. Wow, that's that's a really important piece. Thank you so much, Sarah. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, we do get a lot of Canadians that are speculating, that are interested, that are just getting started doing their research. They're, they want to buy in Costa Rica, but there are a lot of barriers. A lot of them are within themselves. So the fear inside that they have to break through. But from your perspective, from a real estate and legal standpoint, what would you say is the greatest barrier for a Canadian to own property in Costa Rica? 
You know, it's so interesting what you just said, because that would be my answer. Really, (laughs) and from a real estate perspective, uh, legally, there are no barriers. And our Canadian clients are so happy. I think the biggest barrier is mentally. I really Mm -hmm. do. Uh, I think people can get mental hiccups about, oh, the unknown, I'm buying in a foreign country. Um, And I understand that because I was there. And like I said, I really credit my husband. I don't know. I'm so glad that he convinced me to do this, but I don't know if I could have done it on my own because I'm very conservative. When it comes to risk, I'm extremely conservative. Um, So I, I really think that's probably the greatest barrier. The only other barrier I've seen was was the restrictions. I know Canadian restrictions were very stringent during the, the harshest COVID times. Um, and I did see my Canadian clients suffering from that a bit. Um, but that said, it really didn't deter them buying here because they just started buying sight unseen. Like all my Canadian clients who had, who had wow. been here before for sure just said, you know what, Sarah, let's do virtual showings, you know, and, and help them get to yes. And, and they still bought here. But I, there are really no, no limitations on Canadians owning real estate, and there are no legal limitations at all. The one thing that I was thinking, and it's not necessarily a barrier, but people don't, what maybe a lot of people don't understand is that uh, they think their dollar is going to stretch a lot further here. Um, that, and, I, and I find that's just simply really not the case. So a lot of people have the idea that they're going to come down, they're going to get a mansion for, you know, $200,000 and live like kings. And, you know, you can live like a king, but it's not going to be in a, uh, in, there's no mansions for $200,000 here. Totally. Absolutely. Um, that, that was a misconception. I think people understand it better now. Um, but absolutely, you know, this is not Nicaragua. <laughs> if you want cheap property, go to Nicaragua. Um, but, but obviously there's a lot of reasons why you wouldn't buy there. There's trade-offs. There's yeah. trade-offs. Costa Rica. Um, I mean, it's still a great value. I mean, you know, <clears throat> Canadian clients are coming from Vancouver, Toronto. I mean, it's it's a great value compared to those markets for sure. But uh, Costa Rica is is the Swiss Alps of Central America. You know, you get the amenities. You have a stable country that welcomes Canadians. Um, and and you know those those beachfront bargains just it's just not that environment. Um, also, further to your point, you know, people if they're retiring here, they think maybe my dollar will go further. Um, and I suppose that's true in many ways. Uh, for example, labor, labor's cheap. So if you need uh, home care, house moms, gardeners, I mean, you know, I always make the joke, you can't afford not to have in-house help in Costa Rica. That's very cheap. Um, but uh, food, for example, if you eat like a local, it's cheap, rice and beans and, and the Costa Rican diet. But if you are purchasing products that you purchased in Canada, uh, processed foods, things like that, you know, there's a, a premium and, and the restaurants for me, I had no sticker shock cause I'm from Chicago. Um, so the restaurants were equally, uh, you know, they weren't expensive in, in my mind for my frame of reference, but, but for sure, you're not, you're don't plan on, on, like you said, living like a King when you're down here on the same budget. Um, I will say that some of my Canadian clients are always, cause we buy property here in us dollars. Right. So all of real estate is purchased in, in U.S. Um, dollars. So and I know the exchange rates a little different for the Canadian dollar. But the good thing is that your rents are also paid in U.S. dollars. So for, for my mm-hmm. Canadian homeowners, the rents they collect through renting their home out is U.S. dollars. 
why, uh, I mean, we've sort of talked about it, but are people buying here to retire? Are they buying here to get away as a vacation? Are they buying it for an investment property? Why are people buying here? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, we've seen a shift, actually. When I moved down here, primarily the Canadians that had homes here, it was more of a retirement uh, scenario, right? A little bit of an older, retired uh, expat population from Canada. That's changed a lot. Uh, you still have the retirees, um, but um, what many people don't know is two of the best private schools in the country are here uh, in the Flamingo Potrero area between Flamingo and Tamarindo, and uh, they're only five minutes from each other. Uh, that has attracted, a I mean, just a variety of families. Then those families start businesses here. It's an amazingly eclectic mix. Uh, before COVID hit, I think there were something like 27 nationalities represented in my daughter's school, which is amazing. Um, and then, you know, people now, post-COVID, if we are post-COVID, um, are, are realizing they can work from anywhere in the world. They can work from home. Why in mm -hmm. the world are they working, you know, from Chicago? They want to work in a beautiful uh, place where their family can enjoy the outdoors. Uh, so that's drawing a great mix of people here. So I love it because that is a true community where you have the families, you have the work, you know, the, 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 the forties uh, ages where they're, where they're starting businesses here. And then you also have the retirees and uh, it's just a great community uh, that's thriving. And I, I do think it's in large part to the schools, medical care, again, uh, ease of access and the amenities. Yeah. So I've found that too. Ever since when we first came to this area, we traveled around, we went to, I mean, and not necessarily looking for somewhere to live just because we wanted to travel around Costa Rica, but we were in Cuepos, we were in Paco, we were in Atenas, um, just a bunch of different places. But when you arriving on Acosta, it's definitely a different feel. You, you, there's, there is that huge sense of community that you will not find anywhere else. Totally. And you know, uh, Flamingo, Guanacaste was the last place we visited when Pete and I came down here nine years ago. We literally started in San Jose because I was pregnant at the time and I wanted to meet the doctors first because I told Pete, listen, if I don't like the doctors and I'm not comfortable with the medical care, this whole plan is not happening until, you know, after we have the children, right? Um, ended up, I, I did love my doctors. And in fact, I could have had my second daughter anywhere in the world. I have international health insurance and I chose to have her here um, because my birth experience was so good. I digress a little bit, but the point was we started off in San Jose and, and the weather's great in San Jose, but it's city living, you know, it, there's no beaches. And I thought, well, why, why trade Chicago city living for another city living for, for me personally to each his own mm -hmm. um, and attain us in central Valley. That was, that was my thought process behind that, but cause I, I was thinking beaches, you know, um, then we went down South to Manu Antonio, Dominical, lovely areas. But it's very humid down there. And, and Pete loves humidity. He loves to sweat. Um, I am one cranky person, turns out, when, <laughs> when I am surrounded by humidity. I'm not I have no problem sweating here, Sarah. No problem at all <laughs> sweating here. So I still sweat here, but at least it's a drier heat. That's true. Um, and then we went up north, and I, uh, it's beautiful up there, but you don't have the towns. And, and really, I got to the point, you know, we, we had explored for, we were on like day 10. And uh, I started thinking that maybe the Costa Rica that I was looking for wasn't Costa Rica. 
you know, um, the rainforests are great, but I mean, it rains every day, you know? So, uh, you know, if you're in a cloud forest, you have to make sure you have mold resistant pledge because you're living in a cloud. Um, so I, Flamingo, literally we stumbled upon it in, in Potrero, um, spend the night in Flamingo, uh, got, kind of got caught in the, the rainy season and didn't realize the sun sets here at 545 and then it's all dark. And so we just kind of had to make impromptu plans to stay at Flamingo or random Flamingo hotel. And the next morning we were walking on Potrero beach and we saw the cows on the beach mm. and, uh, it was just love at first sight. And so the last place we visited was the, was the place we ended up staying. And that's the, I hear that all the time. I tell my clients go explore everywhere. Cause I, I know they always come back here. <laughs> so. Wow. That, that story is very similar to our story, Sarah, because we landed in San Jose as well. We spent about six weeks um, meeting our lawyer, you know, same, same as you, same priorities. And we bought our car and then we made our way up the Pacific coast, starting in the Uvita area and then up into Guanacaste. And this was the last place that we came to. And this was the one that we fell in love with and decided we were going to stay. Just as you had mentioned, largely because we have a teenage daughter and the school is is very important for her. But secondarily, um, there's also a community here. And although there were communities in the other towns that we that we lived in, the community here is more of our kind of people. And I think that has really made me allowed me to be more myself and um, and not too um, too uncomfortable or too uh, much of an oddity in in some of those smaller towns further south along the coast. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No, for sure. For sure. I think, um, I, I really think it's a, we're in a very special place and at a very special time, quite frankly. Um, there's just nowhere in the world I'd, I'd rather be. And I feel very blessed to, to be here. Yeah. Now, so what, of, go ahead, go ahead, Natasha. Now, of the uh, of the clients that come to you, the Canadians and the and the uh, Americans, what is it that they miss most about their home country when they come to C Costa Rica? Well, it's not the snow, for sure. No, um, <laughs> not not much. You know, um, although summers in Canada are beautiful, um, my clients and friends send me pictures all the time. It's gorgeous. Um, I think. Probably it would be uh, that you can get things more readily available for sure. Cause you can just get everything delivered to your door nowadays. Um, and the shopping is, is just, that is what I would say. And right. Especially for the women down here uh, that, you know, and your family shoes for the kids. I mean, you can buy all of that here, but it's just easier um, in Canada to get those things. But whenever they go back, they load up and bring a couple suitcases or whenever they have people visit, and they always visit all the time. You load them down like pack mules uh, and you have things delivered to their house before they come down. So I think that's what people miss most, but they always find a way around it. So it's not that big of a concern. <laughs> Do you know how much money we have saved from not having the access to Amazon that we did? Oh, well, I know. And also not having to buy all of the winter clothing. Yeah. That by itself is yeah. huge, but... Um, <clears throat> I think it's something that you learn to live with, right? Like it's uh, uh, of the things that people are ordering on Amazon <clears throat> in general, I don't even know what the ratio would be to 
necessities to non-necessities. I would say the non-necessities probably outweigh them. You know, it's a lot of times is boredom shopping now. People who haven't been able to leave their homes or or get out. I mean, over the past couple of years, have probably like emptied out those warehouses like nobody's business. So, um, so, so not having the access to that has actually been quite healthy, I think, for us, our family. Totally. There's a big savings. To, you're, you're, you make a great point. There's a big savings there. And I would say that Costa Rica kind of makes you a minimalist. Not because yeah. it makes you, but because you choose to be. First of all, you're outside enjoying nature, which is 100% free. You know, beaches are free. Um, you know, you're not, you don't have to go, go give your kids money to go to the arcade or go to the mall right? And have a good time. Um, they're outside enjoying everything. And then if you need a blanket or a comforter on your bed, you go out and buy a comforter, a blanket. You need a pillow, you go buy a pillow. <laughs> you buy what you need. Right. Um, and it is, you, you totally, um, totally omit the fluff and the non-essential items. And um, this may be a little bit off topic, but you mentioned the outdoor, like the outdoor living portion of it. And something that I just thought of that I thought was um, a little bit unique to Canada, at least Canada, is that if you look at the listings here, you'll often see um, uh, a measurement for total construction. And that's not that the, the house itself, that includes a, a large portion most of the time of outdoor living space. Right, which is which is so usable all year round, Correct. as opposed to somewhere like Canada, where you know outside is great, but the what's inside the house is more important there. So I think that, um, and oftentimes you'll almost find it's like a 60-40 split, really, yeah, for for outdoor living area, for sure. And and you'll see. I'm glad you brought that up because sometimes our clients are like, wait a minute, on this website, it says this square footage and the same house on the other website, it says this. Mm -hmm. That's because what, a, you know, there's no unified MLS here, but there are two MLSs and they, they don't communicate. They kind of compete against each other. But one, for example, includes kind of the U S Canadian only under like closed, like what's cooled down under AC. Right. <laughs> okay. Gotcha. In the other MLS system, because that's how Costa Rica measures their homes, because you do most of your living outdoors under covered areas, um, that's included in the square footage. So you'll see the same listings with different square footage, and that's more most likely what's going on there. Mm -hmm. uh, well, I mean, I think, that, well, let's see, what are some of the Okay. Well, we're going to talk about gated communities now. So what are some pros and cons of uh, buying in gated communities? Mm -hmm. I get asked that question a lot. Um, here's what I say. We have gated communities here and they're wonderful, but don't feel that you have to live in a gated community to be safe to be in Costa Rica. Okay. So it's not, it's, it's not that kind of scenario. You know, there's no violent crime. I'm raising my two young daughters. We live on the beach, which is presumably as about as public as you can get because all the beaches are public. So, you know, anyone could just kind of walk into our yard area. I'm not in a gated community. Um, and I feel very comfortable raising our children here. But some people want to be in gated communities and that's great, but don't feel like you have to be. So I would say the pros of gated community, it's a little more, okay, you know, there's, there's a security guard who knows me when I come in. Um, I can call someone if I, 
you know, lose my keys, things like that. That's that's very nice. Usually the amenities are better, of course, in gated mm-hmm. communities because you have a private developer taking care of the roads, underground utilities, building tennis courts, uh, gyms, yoga pavilions, uh, restaurants. So you'll have those better amenities in gated communities. Um, the grounds are usually more manicured and well kept. Um, some of the cons, uh, you are a little bit um, sheltered uh, or removed from the true Costa Rican experience, uh, the culture, the local culture. And if that culture were negative or violent, that could be a good thing. But the fact is, it isn't. You know, the Costa Rica people are, they've changed my life. I, I just can't even tell you. I, I mean, I could talk about that for hours, but, um, you know, they're happy people, they're welcoming people. They're friendly, smiling people. Um, And if you are in a non-gated community, you will be seeing them along with expats and fellow Canadians and folks from the U.S., uh, but you'll be seeing them on a daily basis. Some of my clients, when they come down here, they can't speak any Spanish. And you don't have to. You can totally get around on English. But many of my clients want to immerse in the local culture and they want to practice Spanish. I Mm -hmm. love it. Um, there's nothing better for me than having a cup of coffee in the morning or a glass of wine in the evening and just practicing Spanish because I love to communicate with people. And um, so I really enjoy it. And so if you live outside of a gated community, there's more opportunity to 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 um, feel like you're not in Florida, for example. Um, so I've seen I've seen I've had very satisfied clients in both gated and non-gated communities. And, and I always, I always show them everything because I've had people flip and flop that say, I only want to get a community and they end up buying, you know, in a local town that's open, or they say, I, I want to, you know, you know, be in the local culture. They ended up loving a house in a gated community. So I've, I've seen it both ways. Something that comes to mind just from um, hearing you talk about that is that like Mar Vista comes to mind right? when you when you speak of gated communities, right? And it has all of those amenities that you were talking of. Um, I don't live in Mar Vista, but I can go there. I can go to that restaurant. I can go play tennis there. I can go to the yoga studios. I can, I'm not sure if I can go to the fitness center, but regardless, you know, basically almost all those amenities are open to everybody, regardless of whether they live there or not. So, um, so you can, you could almost take that away from, that's true. The whole equation. That's true. You know. <clears throat> yeah. And, and and the truth is these are small towns. And when you're gonna you're gonna be here, everyone's out enjoying themselves and getting to know one one another. And once you have a, a buddy inside Reserva Conchal, you'll be in there playing tennis with your buddy in Reserva Conchal. Uh in Marvista, you'll be there uh too. So absolutely, absolutely. It's a good point. All right. So we're going to have a little bit of fun now. Thank you for sharing all of this stuff. Like this has been super informative and and we're going to, we're going to ask you some really hard hitting questions now to finish up. Okay. So you better be prepared for these because they're not going to be easy and uh, we're going to make you sweat a little bit. What are you, what are you getting ready to ask me? What are we calling this Natasha? This is your Pura Vida round. That doesn't sound like it's going to make her sweat too much, but okay. All right. Uh, just some, just some, you know, quote unquote, rapid fire questions um, to help us get to know you. Right. And, okay. and maybe like help people um, learn some things that this uh, whole business side of what we've just been talking about doesn't really touch on. So 
Just a couple of things. So Natasha, you can get started if you want to. Sarah, I'd love to know, which is your favorite beach in this area? Ah, okay. Well, uh, many of the locals have different beaches that are off the beaten path, which is probably what you'd expect me to say. But actually, I love Playa Potrero um, because it is so surrounded by a bay. It's such a family-friendly beach. I call it the beach for grandmas and babies. Uh, and I have two young kids. And so, and I get, I have hiccups about riptides and I just, I don't know, I stress about that stuff, probably unnecessarily, but it's just such a calm beach um, that I love to swim in the bay with my girls. And uh, sometimes the self-roaming cows will be seen on, on that beach. So I just think it's a special place. <laughs> yeah, I love that beach too. But you know what? There's so many beaches to consider. And uh, that, that, that's... And Playa Prieta are like some of the most beautiful beaches and the vacationers don't know about them. So it's just a local hangout, which is pretty cool. And you know what? Like, it's it's so funny. I find that there's a unique quality of each and every one up and down the coast. Like, you know, so what what about this one? Oh, it's got white sand. What about this one? It's got brown sand. Yeah. This one is a shell beach. This one has like rolling hills on, on the beach. You know, this one has waves. This one doesn't have waves. There's all kinds of uh, unique features to all of them, but I love Playa Potrero as well, and not just for the beach, but for also the uh, sailing center, which is uh, like a super fun place to hang out, and all the kids congregate there, and I go sailing from there, so it's a very, very cool spot, definitely. Yeah. I'm going to agree with you on that. I'll probably agree with everyone else when they say other beaches too, though. Yeah. That's my husband's favorite beach, actually. And the reason he loves that beach, we, we lived on that beach for a long time. And it's long enough that he can get a good workout walking it and coming back. So the size of it, he would, he'll take our dog out with him and they have a great time out there. And it's not over in half an hour because it's a bigger beach. Mm -hmm. Okay, next question. Are you sweating yet? Are you... <laughs> Absolutely. I'm I have no idea. I mean, the only thing that's making me feel better is that it's supposed to be a put of eater out. Okay. So what's your favorite ocean activity? Hmm. Oh, well, you know what? I live through my children, through my girls. And so um, I'm going to base my answer based on them because they are sailing twice a week at the sailing center, learning to sail. They're five and eight, by the way. And then, so sailing would be one of them, watching my kids sail. And then they just started a couple months ago surfing. And we have had such a great time with it. We go to Grande twice a week to practice. And then they had their recent little little girls competition in Playa Avellanas. Because my, my girls have always been small. They've been babies. Now they're at this age. This is a whole new world. These surfers are so cool. And <laughs> these competitions are so fun. So I'm really enjoying um those two activities vicariously through my girls. That is awesome. Love that. Yeah. Amazing. You can't deny either of those two. No, no, no. They're all, I, I tell everybody, you know, if I come back as anything, I don't know if you come back as another animal or someone else, but if I come back, I want to come back as my kids because they're just hearing <laughs> those three Amazing. And speaking of animals, the next question is, what's your favorite Costa Rican animal? Oh, there's so many. Um, all It's so funny. I think all of the animals are just cooler here than at least where I'm from in the United States. Even the squirrels. I don't know if you've seen the squirrels, but the squirrels here, they look like squirrels except they have a super cool faux hawk of a different color. 
down there for proving, proving once again, everything's cooler in Costa Rica. Um, but my favorite, um, we just bought a little farm in Bahagua. Um, it's a little rainforest. It's about two and a half hours away from uh, Guanacaste. It's where the Rio Celeste River is. Okay. And once, and the girls just love it. We just go there. It's so green and lush. And one of the animals we become familiar with is the danta. Do you know what a what a danta is? I do. Okay. Natasha, do you know what it is? No, I don't know. What is a danta? It's, it's, it's tapir in, in English. And some people don't even know what that is, but they're, they're just cute. You know, they're, they're hippo-esque, not as big as the hippo, but they kind of have the, the nose of the, the anteater. They're super docile. They come out at night and there's a little path that we have Danta crossing on our property, on our farm. Tell me and you have a little sign. There, there is a little, there's a, there's a government sign on the road on our property and the trails are there. And um, it's just really magical. That's so magical. cool. How big are they? They get pretty big. Really? Get, like yeah, a dog size or? Like, oh no, bigger than oh, that. Oh, bigger oh. than that? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Like, I mean, like, like <clears throat> four, they can get up to like 400 pounds. They're, they're, they're big. They're oh, like I had no big, idea. Yeah. Think small. I'm picturing like a raccoon sized. No. Think small hippo. Think they're, they're big. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> amazing. Because Maybe we I didn't know what they were. Tenorio National Park, and that's where they are, is in Tenorio National Park. So wow. The wildlife always impresses me here. Oh, yeah. It's everywhere. It's everywhere. And it's uh, it, it's funny because I, I take these, I call them, I can't call them jogs. They're more like grandma walks in the morning. But um, sometimes, you know, it's my, my little way to start the day. And uh, I'm either on the beach or just going through the town of Petrero here. And I, I sometimes I leave messages for my girlfriends or I'm talking to my family and they always joke. I don't even know what's happening, but you know, it'll be January and they're leaving a message. They're like, are you aware when you leave messages, there are like birds chirping in the background <laughs> or like the, the, the rolling waves, you know? And I was like, no, I, I didn't know that came through. They're like, well, it does. And it's January. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, that's too funny. Uh, okay. Very last question for you. And then we'll let you go. Thank you for spending all this time with us. Uh, what's your favorite restaurant? Oh, I cannot even answer that. That is, that's probably the toughest, but because, I mean, we are to be in nature, kind of remote Costa Rica. We are really spoiled with the amount of restaurants in the Flamingo Petrero area. So I can't even commit, I guess it depends on what I'm searching for that day because like um angelina's in flamingo so let's go day by day monday what's your favorite then tuesday right. i'm having a great day i would go to angelina's um if i want a cool laid-back vibe and some nice sushi whiskey howler is amazing in potrero if i want italian la forchetta is amazing uh in potrero if i want the view have you been to sentido norte norte at casa chameleon on the road to las catalinas I haven't amazing. been there no oh Oh, that's it. I'm taking you there. Pete and I are going to take you there <laughs> this next week. You, you, you have to see it. Um, and then I also love Coco Loco right there on Flamingo Beach, you know, operated, I think he's an eighth generation French chef. So you have wow. amazing seafood, uh, amazing dishes, and you can go in your flip flops, you know, in tank top. Uh, so that's just a really cool vibe. And, and there the are Coco Locos are amazing. <laughs> the, the Coco Locos are so good. <clears throat> can be dangerous. You can you definitely have one. Maybe two, three, 
you're going to need someone else to drive them for sure. Just someone to prop you up while you walk exactly. back. Exactly. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, no, there are so many great restaurants here and we, we, we touched on a few, but there's so many more that are just incredible. Um, we are spoiled. Definitely. Amazing ocean views. Mm. Uh, I mean, I, I could go on and on. That, that, mm. That's the most difficult question of this podcast, by the way. We saved it for last. <laughs> Artists for last. Well, um, we definitely appreciate you coming on, sharing all of this stuff. This is going to be super information for the people listening. They're definitely in for a treat because I think that this is a lot of stuff that people don't consider right off the hop when they start to look at, okay, I'm just going to go buy something in Costa Rica. So our plan for this is to give people like an arsenal of knowledge so that when they come here, they're well prepared, right? They know exactly what they're getting into. I think it's a great idea. I love what you're doing. I love that you that it's called breakthrough because you're helping people break through that mental block that they may have. I love that you're doing this. I think by doing this, you're helping people be prepared. So when they do come here, they understand all of the issues and they're, they're ahead of the game by having this knowledge. Yeah. yeah, well, that's the plan. And we're just getting started. Hopefully many, many more. Uh, and hopefully we'll have you back one day. Would love to. Too. love to. Absolutely. Anytime. Okay. Appreciate it, Sarah. Thanks and have a great day. Yep. It was so nice chatting, Sarah. Take care.